Hello. Me, how are you holding up? Hello. <laughs> Can you hear me? Oh, now I hear. I was like, my sound was off, but I like heard whispering. Aww. How are you holding up, bud? Who's talking? Is that you, Dee? How are you? I miss you. I'm good. No. How is it Are there? you in Chicago or in Atlanta? Yeah, I'm in Chicago. Here, I can show you guys. What class do we even have right now, Rabbi Newman or Kiki? Do we have Kiki? I don't know what we have. Oh, well. Oh, there. I guess I'll show you later. <laughs> it's so funny when people, when everyone's, like, camera is off. I'm like, wait, should I leave mine on? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Jenna, you're muted. No, we can't hear you. Jenna, you're muted. I was, I was just saying, I'm going to have mine on, but I'm eating toast right now. <laughs> In my coffee class, I was like munching away on potato chips. I was like, every time I like ate, I would like. Rabbi, hi, Rabbi. Hi, everybody. Hey. Uh, welcome from home. I guess everyone's at home. Uh, you guys probably done this really unusual. Okay. Um, I, I will uh, work well. Oh. Apparently, there's been a global ban on dad jokes because everyone's at home <laughs> and are like, uh, going crazy. So, any joke that has a pun or anything of the like is globally banned. But, uh, I don't think we're going to have a, uh, a dad joke today. <laughs> also, many of you must be able to ask your for a dad joke. Also, so maybe we'll uh, stick to the learning. Maybe we'll get something in. Um, is everyone here and able to hear? I, I, there's only two cameras on, or empty. I'm here, Rabbi. I'm just eating toast. <laughs> Oh, that's okay. You don't have to. Uh, I, I don't want to. Um, I don't want to infringe on your toast eating. Oh, look, oh, there's a lot of people here that, have, that weren't even in. 
for a little while. That's amazing. Okay, you don't have to turn your cameras on. I just wanted to make sure that everyone was was and ready to learn. Because details are important. What type of toast? <laughs> I can't hear. It's rye. Rye, okay. Rye. Um, and from one to 10 is the crunchy level because I know people, like when you, once you get to 10, Mendel won't eat it. <laughs> um, I will say I'm with Mendel, but it has a really nice crunch on the outside and it's soft on the inside. Oh, so it's perfect. So it's like, like the three, four, we're in the uh, seven. Wow, that's talent right there. Okay. Uh, now, now that <laughs> that, let's let's get started. So, Pesach is coming, and there's a lot to talk about. We're going to start with things that are particular to Pesach, and then we will go on to things that are, or if we have a chance to talk. About little bit of in general um the last thing and if there's anything because i wasn't the last person to teach you i did speak to i did speak to um rabbi bro uh, about what you learned last week um but i still didn't i still am sure of a hundred percent detail so if there's anything that i'm saying that you've already learned you just shout out that you've already learned that and um we'll skip it Okay, the, by my notes, the last thing that we, the last thing that we weren't learned was about the comments. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. We, we got the thumbs up. So the sale of comments is something that you should do before Pesach. This year, um, everyone will be everyone will be in the same boat and it online for the most part, for sure in Israel, because the it's while it's generally done with us here, most people are not going outside, at least in Israel. Um, so you can do it online on Chabad.org, and that's perfectly acceptable. And, and like, you don't have to worry about what time um, it is sold back. You just have to worry about what time it is sold. It's back, just what time it's sold. And if you write your current address, they will sell your comments in the place that you, but with a rabbi closest to your, um, your time zone. In any case, um, let's move on to the destruction and time on er, Pesach, on the day, the day of Pesach. On the morning of Pesach, kind of like this in between you've done the search for chametz and you've already rid your house of chametz and you know where every crumb is in your home you've you've put it in one particular spot and that that's where where it's going to remain however you're still able to eat chametz so what a lot of people do is they don't like to eat chametz in their home I'll go to the park or I'll eat some comments there because they don't want to, or, or they are just very careful about where they're going to eat comments because you want to make sure it gets away. 
So the on the morning you are allowed to eat chametz until the until after the four hours into the day. You can look up on Chabad.org the exact time for where you are. Um, five hours into the day, it is allowed to be burned from five hours into the day. You burn it, and you can burn it earlier, but from five hours into the day, you can't eat it anymore. So you're able to fast you so you can burn it. At six hours into the day, in other words, at midday, you can't even enjoy it, and therefore, uh, you lose your chance to get rid of it because it doesn't belong to you anymore. The Torah is taking it away from your possession. After we destroy the chametz, when we nullify the chametz, we should make sure that we do it before the sixth hour because nullifying the chametz only works before six hours into the day. Okay, that is now um, this year. This year, some issues again with the situation going on with destroying chametz. It's generally done in a, a, a metal garbage can um, with air. Um, you want to make sure that the chametz that you throw in gets burned before you um, before the times, and that's why you should wrapping your chametz in aluminum foil. Um, this was something that a lot of people used to do, which was uh, well, after they do decolor the search of chametz, so they wrap it in aluminum foil. And the issue is that things in aluminum foil take much, much, much longer to burn than things that are paper now. So um, when you burn it, you should avoid having it in aluminum foil. The let's from the uh, I'm sorry, I didn't see the chat. I did say four. Um, I don't know what, I, I, I said four hours into the day. Is that what you were asking? I had number one. I don't know. Okay. In any case, let's go on. So the, uh, the day before is a day when they would bring the carbon Pesach. They would, the Paschal lamb was sacrificed on them. And therefore, in addition to the preparation that we do today for Pesach, it also has history as being the, an important day because they would do that. And it's like, it's considered like a, a holiday. And that's why there's certain things that we don't do on Pesach. Namely, let's go, let's go through this. From midday and on, you should avoid doing work that you would require to do, like doing something entirely new or making something, a new utensil or something like that. should be avoided on Arab after midday, but you could do regular house, household work. Um, one should, should not get a haircut after midday uh, or cut nails. It's best not to do. Uh, in addition, there are things that we don't eat on Arab Pesach. Some of you are really going to um, the, the, we don't. There's some, some things we don't eat on Arab Pesach. 
over here. Wait, um, namely, things that are on the the Pesach, uh, the Kairi, the same. So, we want the most important thing halachically not to eat on Arab Pesach is matzah. In fact, many are careful not to eat matzah from 30 Pesach. Um, the, and this is the Chabad custom, that matzah is not eaten from 30 days of Pesach and is only, and as bad especially, and most importantly, not on the, not on Arab Pesach. Um, we want to make the of the night unique, and there are also scriptural reasons why we don't want to eat on Arab Pesach. Um, I'm getting a notification that my internet connection is unstable, so if anything, and this actually, I gave a class this morning, I had the same issue. If there's anything that I'm saying that um, gets cut off, just uh, just let me know. And I will be happy to uh, repeat it. By how mean um, one can sweep, one can cook, one can one can sew a button on anything that anything that is that you need a, a um, anything that you wouldn't need a professional to do, and something that you really just do it at home. Is not considered professional work that shouldn't be done on Arab Pesach. Uh, it's also okay to um, ask questions um, uh, with audio. I, I don't. Um, I don't. I don't mind. Um, it's it's a, it's a little bit unusual on the. Um, okay, the. Rabbi, let, uh, let's go on to other. Oh, oh Eating, we wouldn't eat matzah. It's also customary not to eat mar and not to eat any of the fruit used in the charoset. Remember, the charoset is the cement-like dip that we um, that we dip the mar into um, to eat it on their matzah, but not for the mitzvah of matzah, like we'll learn shortly. The, the one should also, and there's also a, a very important halacha, refrain from eating very a lot during the first three days of, uh, the last three hours of Pesach, of Arab Pesach, rather, um, in, order to, in order to make sure that they are a appetite. Pesach comes in and they are going to be eating the matzah, which is the, mat, which is the mitzvah of the night of Pesach. However, when it comes to drinking, one can drink as much as they want, except for and uh, except for wine and grape juice, of which one and catches should not drink a little bit, drink it if they're going to be drinking a lot. The reason for this is based in the reason why we don't eat a lot during this time. Know that we should have an appetite. The rabbis tell us that if one drinks a lot of wine, their appetite actually grows when they get them. But if somebody's a little wine, it satiates them and keeps them full. So that's why if someone was to drink wine on Arab Pesach, they should only drink um, a significant amount and not a little bit, so that they'll have the munchies on Pesach. Okay.
the it feels so unusual because there's so few questions. And I feel like we're not getting sidetracked at all. I don't know why. I have a question, but I don't know that you hear us. I sorry, my, the volume on my computer is really low. Uh, what did you, did you say? I I have a question. I think a few of us have had questions, but you couldn't hear us. Can you hear us now? I can hear you. Okay, awesome. Okay, sorry. This is going to go back to the very beginning of what you were saying because it, I, it was hard to, you were cutting out. Okay, so you can't, you can eat chametz on the day of Pesach until when? Until into the day. Um, the exact time, are you, in your, are you in Jerusalem now? Yes. Give me 30 seconds, I'll tell you what time Jerusalem. This is a long 30 seconds, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then while you're looking that up, you also said that if you're gonna eat chametz on yeah. that day, you do it outside of the home because you've already prepared the home for Pesach? It's, it's not necessary, but a lot of people do that because it's, it's the chametz is not eaten, um, is, is not, doesn't get misplaced. That's the um, the goal. So, so a lot of so that's what we would do actually today. Um, we're usually running late, so we don't need any chametz on our pesach. Um, but it's like the parting meal uh, with chametz. I don't know if you apparently. Is, they're just they're just loading. Okay, um, uh, you're gonna have to hold on for the. Um, let's go. If you're able to raise your hand, then um, is that a reaction? Is it reaction? Oh, cool. I also have a question about that. Sure. Um. So is that like, is it? Okay, that, does that make it okay then to like specifically save chametz so that you can like eat it in those like hours before? Like, is it okay to save save it for that time so that you could specifically be like, I'm gonna eat like binge on this now, but not binge so much that you're full for like later? Like, is that okay to do? Well, you can eat as, as much as you want. You can eat as much as you want in the morning because it, we, we were only talking about later on in the day after when if you okay. eat now have an appetite for later but you can totally you can totally binge eat um all of those fruity pebbles <laughs> or whatever or makes you happy on air okay, cool. um thank you so um the time in jerusalem is at 10 32 to stop eating chocolates. um okay is there a way to put your hand down so that way i know Yeah, there is. I lowered it. <laughs> um, times for when we eat chametz and tell them when to look for the day before Pesach. Amazing. I don't know who LW. Thank you for sharing the um, the zmanim for for everybody to see. And there's a link in the chat so you can. Uh, thank you, Jenna, for check your um, location for what the specific times are. It's important to it's important to give time. 
to make sure that we get whatever has to be done. Let's talk about, let's, let's jump right into the, the um, other, uh, um, the, when you light candles in Erev Pesach, two, uh, on, for Pesach, there are two uh, blessings that are said. The first blessing is for Yom Tov, and the second bracha that is made is Shechianu. Shechianu is not repeated um, later on when you day. Um, or for the uh, for those that are not in Israel um, and will be celebrating two days of Passover, the second night of Passover also. Okay, let's go on to the Seder. It is the highlight of Pesach, and many for many Jews, it is the only time that they that they go through Jewish experience. Sarah, Sarah. Is there a, it, do we light candles at sundown? Is it the same with Shabbat or is there a specific time? So, so the, uh, the Yom is a little bit different. I, I really hope that we are able to, to touch on these laws um, that are not uh, specific, um, but rather apply to every Yom Tov um, outside of Yom Kippur. Uh, Yom Tov to fire on, on Yom Tov under certain conditions. And therefore, if one didn't light early, he, they can actually light later. Um, so in other words, one can light as Yom Tov. They don't have to, you don't have to wait, you don't have to light particularly early. Although, um, Though it is a light at actual candle lighting time. But over here, you're over here. If you light later, that's okay. Did I answer your question? Okay, so the Seder is the highlight of Pesach. And three general things that we want to get done at the Seder. And we do that, we do it in a very Jewish, uh, drawn out way. It's important to know, I know you guys are on the Seder, so I'm only going to go through this very quickly so that um, we can look look at the halachic, uh, the, uh, the halachic lenses um, into the Seder. So the Seder has three goals. Goal number one, to eat matzah. Matzah is a mitzvah to be eaten on Pesach, and therefore one should make sure that they have matzah before the Seder. Goal number two is to talk about the exodus from Egypt. This is another mitzvah in the Torah. This mitzvah is described as being done over the matzah, and therefore we specifically go with the mitzvah of matzah. It's important to note that the mitzvah of eating matzah only applies on the first night of Pesach. And there, and if you're outside, it's also done the second night of Pesach. But because of that, you if we miss that night, we can't eat, we can't permit so by eating at any other Pesach. Fine, and and finally, the mitzvah now mar mar is a rabbinical commandment, while it is spoken about in the Torah. When the Torah speaks about it, it's specifically. We talk about a mitzvah to be 
Kidan, you are eating from the Paschal lamb, from the carb, from the sac, the the Pesach sacrifice. And if you don't have the Pesach, then sorry. If you don't have the Pesach sacrifice, then you do not. Um, then you do not have to eat mar by biblical law. However, the rabbis include mar as a, as a rabbinical law, as to remember the mar that was eaten in the time of the Beit Hamikdash, and therefore the third goal during the seder. How do we do it? How does this all go down? Because because these are our goals. How do we accomplish it? So. Uh, oh, sorry, there is actually a fourth goal. Um, the fourth goal is also a rabbinical commandment to drink first wine. Um, and we will, the four cups of wine are to commemorate the four words that were used to describe or to promise the Exodus. Um, and it can, with each one, we now. How does this all go down? So listen up. We we start with the first we make kiddush. Then we do so. Excuse me. We do some unusual things to confuse the kids. Confusing is a very of of Pesach of the Seder because the Torah repeats over that on. The exodus of Egypt, we should be talking to our kids. And therefore, we do a lot of things to, to spike and and you know get their get their curiosity um, to jump about and what's going on. Things like carpas dipped in salt in salt water are are, are ways that we are ways that we um, get the kid, pike the kids' interest. So we do a few things like that without making a blush. Then we dip the then we dip the uh, the uh, vegetable in salt water uh, to commemorate the the tears. Then and um, break the middle matzah. And then the longest part of the Seder, um, which depending on how much you prepare for the Seder and how much you how much are interested in, in delving into the importance of the Seder can either be the most difficult part of the Seder, your favorite. That is the step of Magid. Magid is the longest step of the Seder where we discuss the Exodus of Egypt bringing many madras in order to describe it. This is the mitzvah of speaking about the Exodus of Egypt. The second one is poured before we live and is drunk afterwards. Afterwards, we wash our hands, we eat the matzah by the marr, followed by, followed by the matzah marr sandwich, By the meal, followed by the eating of the afikoman. The afikoman commemorates 
uh, commemorates the carbon Pesach, the, the sacrificial lamp, the lamp, the Paschal lamb, and uh, you're welcome. I, I don't know if she, she's still okay. Um, the uh, I, I, if I was some of you seem to be very good at multitasking, be able to, to and speak at the same time. Um, so it's a little bit unusual. I have to uh, speak my answers to that. Okay, so the followed by the Afikoman and and the then we bench and we finish hollow and followed by the the three words uh there are those this is there are those that add uh, many songs into like and Songs into the into the agada, um, and some agadas are printed in the back; others are not. In any case, that is the general course of the seder. So during the seder, we are basically eating, show, doing, covering all the cups. We're are eating the matzah. We're eating the mar, and we're talking about the exodus. Now. This is uh, includes many things. One of the one of the interesting ones is are ones that women uh, uh, which is to lean. Um, halakhically, women women do not have to lean. They could lean if they want. Uh, the danger throughout the seder, uh, different points during the seder, to as a sign of freedom, and then the meaning that says that. Nowadays, we don't have to lean, and um, traditionally, women have followed this opinion that don't. However, it's, it's um, entirely permissible to lean. Um, it's just what they what they have accepted law, which would make leaning um, a integral part of what's going on. Wouldn't apply. Wouldn't apply. Apply. Another another halachic, another important halachic um, to discuss is how much how much wine has to be drunk to fulfill the rabbinical mitzvah. How much matzah has to be eaten? Mar has to be eaten. Um, and what are the measurements of korech? The let's talk about matzah first. Matzah, halakhically, matzah, zayis of matzah, of matzah has to be eaten. The the modern the modern um, sorry of a of a kazayis is twenty seven. 20 grams. If you would, um, it, so it, it's which is hard to to um, really measure. It, it, uh, 
it might be a it might be about for between half and three quarters of a matzah. It's definitely not, not the entire thing. Um, and it would be extended to more if it was a So the, the, the truth is that everyone is obligated to lean. Sorry, I got, I got, got a question about, um, a, a, a question here about um, uh, leaning. The question was, why, why do our men have to lean and women do not? The, the answer is that a, the, everyone is required to lean. Women aren't required to lean. The, there is an opinion that says that everyone is required to lean, an opinion that nowadays we don't have to lean. The, the men traditionally followed the opinion that said that they have to, and they were str stringent about it. Traditionally, the woman didn't, didn't hold that on that stringency, and therefore they never accepted that the, the rule had to lean also today. And therefore, if they don't lean, even if uh, even if the leaning would be a part of it, for a man it wouldn't be for a woman because they didn't accept that that stringency. In other words, the ruling was never passed that a woman doesn't have to lean. The 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 there is a yes, sir, Sarah. Maybe I missed this. The leaning it's happening during while you're drinking glass of wine or when is it happening oh so the leaning happens while we're drinking all four glasses of wine and while and the afikoman and the courage and this is just like a casual recline or like what what do you mean so what we've done is we lean to the left specifically to the left regardless of whether one is a righty or a lefty um it's it's not a it's not a the way that you do it and what it's supposed to resemble is the total, um, you know, Persian couch eating. However, uh, today that's not the way it's done. It's done more as a, more as a, just a slight lean to the um, And it's during those times of the Seder that represent a, that represent freedom. So we, we do it then to show that we are actually free and we're eating like free, like uh, people. So where did the opinion come from then that it's not? Um, um, that's not what? I'm sorry, I thought my microphone was muted. That it's not, um, like it's not, like we don't need to do it anymore. Like in general. Oh, so the... The there was a discussion amongst the rabbis whether this leaning only applied um, in the time the based on mikdash before we left, or if this leaning to show liberation and and freedom applied even afterwards. And, and there was a and, and there was a discussion which led to two differing opinions. Now the the opinions the the opinion were never applied to any uh, to to any specific group of people who follow 
was was what um, developed. I'm sorry. I said I said um, I said uh, the that it was 27 grams. I, I made a mistake in the. It's not 27 grams. It's 27 cc. In any case, the some people actually measure their matzah before to make sure that it that they're actually doing the mitzvah properly. But um, the it's it's about a half or a th um, half or a third of a matzah between a third matzah. How much we have to eat for the mitzvah of matzah? I now ideally one would eat also for the mitzvah. However, the eating the bitter herbs can be difficult, um, and and therefore absolutely able they you know should eat what they are able to um the same would apply for the midst of the the step of martyr sandwich a a this amount of matzah should be eaten together with this amount of mar hopefully Michelle will be here and we will actually be able to have meat in the sandwich because it's been missing the the meat Few thousand years. Um, it's it's a difference between order or ordering a shawarma. Okay, the let's let's go to the wine. The wine, like we said, is a is a rabbinic mitzvah, and this rabbinic mitzvah to drink. Now, it's ideally, if one has better uh, red wine than white wine, uh, red wine is per this case. Unlike uh, Kiddush, we said that, that yeah. one could... What? For what? We said that one can, can one. The, uh, could drink either one. When it comes to Pesach, it's preferable to drink red wine because it has a was spilled during the, in Egypt. And therefore, we tried to, we tried to get better red. The, the, is one like it. Rabbi? Yes. It represents what that was spilled in Egypt? Blood. Blood. So, so it's ideal. It's ideal to use um, the uh, red red wine for that. Now, whether how much to drink. So, uh, um, the just like Kiddush, if one drinks most of the reviews. So that we we said I think that it was 1.9 ounces. The was there 2.9 or I don't have their kiddish um, their kiddish uh, notes. I think it was 2.9. 2.9. Okay. So we said if you drink most of the most of the revias, you're good. However, specifically on Pesach, 
it is best to drink the entire Revius and even more prefer be drinking the entire cup. So again, if one just drank most of the Revius, that's fine. If one drank entire Revius, that's even better. And if one drank the entire cup, that is the most preferable way of the Rabbi Newman, we had a question come up related to this around Kiddush at Shabbat this week. So, sure. Okay, let's say the smallest cup we have is still quite a bit more than 2.9 ounces, but we don't want to drink so much wine. Do you still have to fill it up all the way? Or is that just a Chabad custom? So, so the Chabad, what's Chabad, the Chabad custom of it is to spill it over. In all cases, the, the, the cup should be full. The, the cup doesn't have to spill over, but it should be, it should be full enough that chef, thank you. It should be full enough that it is, uh, that it, it looks like a full cup and not like, Mendo would ask me for a full cup and I poured less than whatever looks like a full cup. If, if you can imagine Mendel saying that's full, then, then that's not full enough. But if, it, if it's full enough that you say, you know, that's like, okay, you stopped because you didn't want to spill over, but you really, you really filled it up, then that's full enough. Um, if the cup is, it's better to, to get a smaller cup specific for Pesach. Um, so that you can, so you can actually drink the whole cup and, and not, and also be drinking only as opposed to having like one of those, like a, one of those Elio and Nabi cups um, that are like enormous. Okay. Now, the cups of wine are drunk at four different parts of the theater. The first one, Kiddush over. The second one is the one that we say the story of Pesach over. The third one is the one that we bench over. And the fourth one is we say Halal over. That if one uh, just drank four cups one after the other, then they fulfilling their commandment to, um, to drink the four cups. Women are obligated in the four cups the same way men are. Um, this is for two reasons. Number one is women were the reason why the Jewish people came out of Egypt. Um, the, that it was the merit and the merit of the righteous woman that the Jews were taken out of Egypt. Um, the second reason is they were the same way the men were. So they're in a mitzvah that is, that, that is dependent on that or that uh, the they, the, there would be no difference. Um, okay. Let's sorry, talk, Rabbi. talk about... Um, Rabbi, could you, repeat, could you repeat the second reason, please? Sure, because the, the uh, slavery applied to the men the same, and the woman the same way it did to the men. Thank you. Yeah, it, I'm actually interested 
because these two these two reasons and that, that the rabbis bring up actually brings up bring up a discussion of what exactly were the what were the um, women doing during this time? Were they enslaved? Like um, some some say that they weren't. Some say that they they were. It's an interesting discussion to figure out exactly what they were doing. And each side has various uh, ways of looking at it and proofs from the from the Torah and from rabbinic writings of uh, which way it was. Um, in the, we, we all agree that it was in the merit of the righteous woman that the that the Jews came out of Egypt. Rabbi? Oh, yes. Can you repeat what the four cups are said over? Sure. Cup number one is is Kiddush. Cup number two is the story of the Exodus. Cup number three is benching. And cup number four is hollow. We, at the end of the Haggadah, we praise Hashem, and praising Hashem is, um, is we say over a cup of wine. Okay. Now that we've uh, cups of wine. Let's talk about the practical thing. This is entirely, entirely um, custom, customary. And if you are ready, please tell us about the Seder plate. I, the, no, no. You, you cut out at the end, so I'm not sure what you said. Oh, thank you. I, I was wondering why no one was saying yes or no. Um, the Seder plate. Did you guys learn about the Seder plate? No. Okay. So the Seder plate has six items on it, traditionally, and, and is stands above three matzot. The way that they are set on the Seder plate are is based on on Kabbalah, not on Halacha, and different customs how to do it. Uh, today I'll be I'll be telling you the Chabad custom of how it's done. Uh, uh, although, in fact, I wasn't planning on doing this before, but I can actually um, because of this. Because Zoom is so cool, I can actually pull it up and screen share it. Um, um, let's look at it. Here. I'm sorry, it's a cartoon. I hope that I hope everyone's okay with tunes. Okay, so have the, the um, let's talk about what each thing is. Um, it's specifically set up in this in this order where you where you have what look um, the number five on a on a die and uh, one thing 
Um, the, again, there are many different custom, customs as it relates to this. This is the Chabad custom. Uh, so the uh, right of, on the right hand side on top is the is the roasted. It represents the it represents the carbon Pesach, the Pesach sacrifice. On the left hand side, we have an egg. It represents the um, the carbon Chagiga, there is a, a sacrifice that was brought every time they came to the base of Mikdash um, for Yamtif and for the Shal Shurgalim. That's the egg represents. The middle over here is Maror. Traditionally, is, we use two different, um, two different ingredients for grated horseradish or horseradish a romaine lettuce. On the bottom, under it is chazeres. is another representation of mar. On the right-hand side, on the bottom, you have, have the roses, which is the cement-like mixture made with fruits and fruits and nuts and and on the left-hand bottom, bottom left-hand side, you have an, over here. It's an onion, and maybe a different to do it. It's a vegetable for us to dip in the salt water. Rabbi, when you say this is the Chabad custom, are you referring to the placing on the seder plate? We're talking about the placement, yeah. Okay. And um, there are, there are. Uh, Many, many different ways of doing this. Just off the top of at, at, uh, one source over here, um, I see one, two, three, uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. 15, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 different ways um, of setting up the Seder plate. Um, some of those things are set up, um, are because of the way that the matzah is set up. Um, the matzah is placed under the... Uh, under the the Seder plate, the three matzos, matzo. Um, there are different cusps, whether they're put into a, a proper plate or they're not, or they have napkins in between them, or there's a lot of different as it relates to that. Um, but this is the, the Chabad custom for the, and the matzo goes under by some sort of cloth or napkin. So that, that's as it relates to the, the Seder plate. Um, there, not everyone has to have a Seder plate. It's enough for there to be one Seder plate. 
Um, if any, if everyone wants to play it, that's fine. It's a uh, custom to have at least one at the table. Let's um, stop this share and go back into this, at least one of the of the laws of of Yamtiv. Now, on Yom uh, is very similar to Shabbos, and therefore there are certain things that cannot be done. Um, lighting a lighting a fire or doing certain um, the the generally the the prohibitions apply to Yamtiv also except as it relates to two things one is ochel nefesh one is um, the things that when it relates to Preparing and the other one is um, carrying outside. Um, while on Shabbos, we not carry outside unless they're in with an eruv. Um, as it relates to Yamtiv, one one may carry. Outside. Um, the one thing you mentioned was about the fire on Yamtiv. So the rabbi. Uh, the the rabbis are limited on on yamtiv to growing fire and not diminishing it. Um, so one fire on yamtiv, they are not creating the fire. In other words, one is not allowed to strike a match on yamtiv, and they are are not fire. You're not allowed to turn a fire lower. But if you do not have a, if you do not have a practical example, a, um, a automatic electric igniter on your stovetop, and turn on, you can turn on the gas and hold a a match that was lit by, from pre-existing can next to the gas and the gas will light up, that's totally fine. Because you, you are not yet fire and you're not diminishing the fire. However, once it's lit, you, you cannot. So this, so practice forgot to candles uh, or yamtiv candles before yamtiv how they they would have to use a pre-existing flame and once it light they would not be able to or one of the candles that they are using as it relates to make other other prohibitions on shabbos as it relates to making food so the alakos are beyond the scope of what we're going to be learning to a lot more time um, a general rule of thumb is that if something is better when it's fresh, then you'd be allowed, you'd be allowed to do it on Yamtif because you couldn't have done it before. 
But if it's not, then you, and that's why it's making bread, for example. The steps of making bread would be allowed on Yantif. Obviously, providing on the, the uh, fire, like we just mentioned. And because it's better, it would have been if it was baked before Yamtif started, before, before um, uh, Yamtif. In this case, it doesn't apply to make bread on Yamtif, on Pesach. Uh, um, uh, let, let that be clear. Um, please, on Pesach, even though because of the Yamtif guidelines, the baking bread is okay. On Pesach, it's not. It's chametz. Um, one other thing for you, those of you that are in Israel, this is something to do when you go shop. The uh, when you go shopping or anyone anywhere else, very uh, also they probably have um, Israeli products. Most common with Israeli products. We mentioned in the, in the first class that we learned about Pesach that there, the rabbis kitniot, um, uh, these, uh, which is the, the legumes and 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 other uh, garbanzo beans, rice, all corn, all fall under the. Uh, a lot of this only applies to Ashkenaz. Ganazim and does not apply to Sephardic Jews. That is why there are a lot of Pesach products on the market that do include kidney oil. For example, canola oil. There's kosher the Pesach canola oil, even though canola oil is kidney oil, but it is, um, but it, it is on for Sephardic Jews. For us, it would be, it would not be allowed to be used on Pesach. The same applies to the corn um, corn product or hummus there's hummus on the on the market or and for Ashkenazi Jews it wouldn't be okay olive oil is not kidney oil and is allowed to be used in addition a special oil Israel for um, Ashkenazi Jews called walnut oil um, which can be used on and we'll have to stop here, but um, and I don't know if we're going to have another class on Pesach. You're all welcome to look online about the specific uh, guidelines of what may and may not be done on Pesach for uh, on Yom Tov. Um, and if you have any questions, to send a message to me or Kiki if you don't have my number, and I'll be happy to. I'll be happy. To um answering the question um and i hope everyone has an amazing pesach thank you rabbi thank you rabbi thanks rabbi thanks rabbi rabbi Rabbi, if i have a question that's related to yom tov halacha should i um message you would you rather that sure or can I ask you now? <laughs> I I wish I would be able to be able to discuss it now. Um, that I'm <laughs> I, I'm lately to a video to bar mitzvah um, <laughs> that is uh, that is going on right now.
Um, so I, I can't, but, but you, you can send me the send me the question and I'll be do my best to answer as soon as I have a chance. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Have a have a happy Kosher Pesach, everybody.